from the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for the week of July 4th, 2012. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Dustin West, Corey Martin, and our newest Diz Unplugged correspondent, Tommy Sandvik. Welcome aboard, Tommy. Thank you. And in this episode, we are going to talk about Downtown Disney, which is one of Tommy's uh, passions when I asked him what it, what it is about Disney that got him excited. Uh, the first words out of his mouth were downtown Disney. And uh, I thought that was interesting because you don't run into a lot of downtown Disney. I mean, it's a place to go shop. It's a place to go eat. But I, I just haven't heard it engender a lot of passion in people. So that's why I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, you have other interests too. I mean, yeah, other yeah. things about you. are a huge Disney fan. Have been for years. You've been a Listening to the show for many years and on, you know, on the site and uh, you know, been on podcast cruises with us. Uh, Doing the Michael Jackson dance, right? Yeah. Tommy's, the one there. Tommy's famous, <laughs> famous for his Michael Jackson dancing uh, on Podcast Cruise 2.0. Yeah. Thrilled the Wonder. I've thrilled the Dream. I've thrilled A-Tracks. Wow. All over the place. <laughs> that's, uh, that's Back before it was popular. Yeah. <laughs> But you don't play with children. No, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't play. wanted to make sure. Uh, now I'm going to get emails from Michael Jackson. He never did that. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. But let's talk about. Let's talk a little bit about Downtown Disney. What is it about Downtown <clears throat> Disney that you're that, that that gets you rolling? Well, really, what it was is uh, I was uh, CP in 2004. And, and by uh, CP, you know, college program. Okay. <laughs> the acronyms, yeah. Uh, I was yeah Tommy's a, real big on acronyms. I am, we I noticed am. that last night at dinner. <laughs> yes. So uh, I was really, uh, I was a CP and I worked at the Palma Magnolia Golf Course at the time, uh, which is now taken over by Arnold Palmer as they've transitioned to ownership, which kind of surprised me. But um, And I picked up a lot of hours uh, at HRX, um as a door host. And so that kind of became like my second home. I met a lot of friends there and uh, just had a lot of fun. If I wasn't there as a guest, I was there working, you know, and uh, really found a niche there that I enjoyed in terms of music and, uh, you know, actually learned to dance. When I was in high school, there was no dancing. I, d- I didn't even go to dances, never went to prom, anything like really? that. So, yeah, it com- completely changed that aspect of me. Um, and so... Um, when they announced the closing, that really started the uh, interest in in everything downtown Disney, not just Pleasure Island, um, and not just to criticize, because there are some some things coming that I'm excited about. But we've watched every, I, I've watched, um, along with some friends, everything take place over the last several years since the closing. So that's everything from management changes to, you know, the demolition of the clubs to the opening of... Um, the, the moving around of different exhibits, the virgin closing, the all all of that stuff. So, it's been uh, it's been a long, nearly four years now, of uh, of following them. So that's really what gets the passion is that uh, 
you know, just watching the changes unfold, kind of waiting for things to come to fruition that they that they promised. Now, you were really upset that they closed Pleasure Island. Yeah, I definitely was. You know, I think that there is a market for adult entertainment on property. And um, there's very there are options out there, but very few options, uh, really, when, when you look at what there is to do. And uh, I understand that the evolution of Pleasure Island uh, became an issue with the changing demographics at Downtown Disney. But, I, you know, there's still could be something built elsewhere on property. They certainly have plenty of land to get something going. And so I, I was really, it just didn't seem to make sense. And the way that things sort of fell into place, it uh, makes me laugh yeah. a little bit. I know for me, the, uh, the closing of Pleasure Island, it was basically I saw a part of my history get demolished because I was a college program in 97, came back in 98, and we would spend every week there. Not every day of the week, but we would go during cast member night and it became a part of our routine Mm -hmm. and you know you just started started seeing a lot of things being taken away they used to do the the new years every night which was incredible um but i think once they pulled those gates down and let the traffic flow through it kind of it kind of destroyed the environment It, it destroyed that island feel and that adult feel you know you're club hopping and you know there were families pushing strollers around so they kind of had to you know i think that was the start of a lot after i'm sorry after after going to disneyland recently and and experiencing their downtown disney and their uh different bars and nightclubs well they don't have any nightclubs but uh it just it made me realize how isolated our downtown disney really is and I'm, i'm wondering if that contributed anything to the downfall of it that you have to drive to get there. You have to take a bus to get there. I mean, I'm not saying I get so sloppy that I have to stumble my way back to a hotel, but that is an option at Disneyland yeah. that you don't have at Disney World. But you, you have to commit. Yeah. Like there were several times at uh, Disneyland, I would just walk down from the hotel, go to one store, pick up something, and go back to the room. You, you, ha- you have another dynamic, though, at Disneyland in that... The downtown Disney area there. And Tommy, have you been out to Disneyland? I have not. It's on my list. <gasps> oh, my. I know. Okay. okay. See, it's a very different downtown Disney. I prefer it, actually, over ours. But you not only have the guests that are staying at the hotels and in the parks, but it is a huge place for locals. Completely. And that was never the case with... Uh, downtown Disney, Pleasure Island. I mean, you may have some locals, but it was never... I, I, I would venture to guess at downtown Disney at Disneyland, the majority of people there on a given night are locals. Yeah. I mean, you see people, the locals over there, bringing lawn chairs and camping out in front of the uh, the performers over there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> what's really nice is they have these really great musicians out there that are located every so you know so often doing just different type of music and it's really they're really talented and they're very good and it's really enjoyable and then you got the uva bar right in the middle of downtown disney it's a open air bar and you go in there and you have some snacks and you have some drinks and you can kind of hear the music and there's the energy of the people walking around and shopping and dining and it's just it was beautifully done and then ours is so segmented you have your shopping, and then you had, well, what was Pleasure Island, and then you had West Side. And too long and gangly 
for you know a leisurely casual stroll through these things and too disjointed whereas you know it's kind of at downtown disney in california it's all com- compacted it's all p- kind of put together you have house of blues you have jazz kitchen you have guitar you have the stores you have the musicians and especially on a nice summer night i mean it is amazing mm-hmm. and we don't have that feel here yeah that's kind of interesting because um i didn't know that but what they've done um there's been the evolution of a couple different things. When the island first closed, I'm sorry, to be correct, when the clubs first closed, uh, the they put in something called, well, first there was nothing. It, nothing. No DJ, absolutely nothing. It was a ghost town. There was no music. There was just, you were walking through a complete dead zone. And then they brought back PI Live for like six months, just so there was something playing over over the speakers. And then they created this thing called Celebrate Tonight, to tie into the um, what will you celebrate promotion. And that was basically, hey, it's your birthday. Let's do the cha-cha slide. <laughs> and it was just, and it was, it was aggravating to me because the cha-cha slide was played every night at Motion. You know, the YMCA was played every night at A-Tracks. Granted, those are songs, but those, there were signature, signature songs in certain clubs. Um, they even played some Anakin songs in between the activities that they would do they would have songs that were typically played in mannequins so it was almost like you know digging a knife into you and um uh, to those of us who are very passionate about about the clubs and had have those memories and uh then that didn't people either did it but they were like being dragged into it and so then they got uh, celebrate tonight finally closed and they decided they were going to create an ultra lounge concept so now they have temporary stages in front of the old Comedy Warehouse building in the area where the West End stage used to be, and they've brought in live entertainment. And some of them are quite popular. They actually have a following, and uh, people will dance, and the PI Live bar that still exists there um, under the DJ booth uh, has spurred alcohol sales, which is what they were trying to do with it. So, I mean... It's sort of it's this crazy circle that they've gone in because you had an island with clubs, dancing, and alcohol. Then you opened it up. Then you tore down the stage that once had live entertainment, special guests all the time when it was a gated, right? You know, thing. And so, and then you so they tear down the stage to open up the island, thinking the information at the time was that West Side vendors were complaining they weren't getting the foot traffic. So they tear down the stage, stop the nightly fireworks, and now, then they close the clubs, then they turn around, and what are they doing? Putting music outside and spurring alcohol sales again, and there's people dancing there. So it's kind of this weird, you can just see the way, things haven't gone the way that they've planned for oh, them to nothing. go. You know, no, it's yeah, gone it's, the way they planned. No, this. no, no, it definitely has. But it is, it is refreshing to walk down uh, Pleasure Island and actually have it seem lively for once. Yeah, at least know? it's not completely, you know, a dead zone like it was or the whole the, the whole Celebrate Tonight thing that people were just, you know, they didn't want to be dragged out into doing the YMCA or Cha-Cha Slide. Yeah. So that, that that's definitely been, uh, it, it's, it's an improvement, that's for sure. And it is popular. You can go there and there is a crowd on hand, which is a good thing. Um, but it's just, <laughs> it's just a, uh, 
when you know what could be when they could be in air conditioned clubs instead of out yeah. in Florida weather, you know, and, and that sort of thing. That's kind of what, you know, makes it tough to see. Now, they, they talked about Hyperion Wharf for a while, and now that's been scrapped. What was that supposed to be? Uh, Hyperion Wharf was going to be a concept similar to uh, the boardwalk in terms of theming and timing, uh, the the time uh, that it would represent. And they were supposed to um, have an outdoor amphitheater uh, with uh, some kind of lighting, special effect lighting uh, going on. And that was supposed to be in the location where Rock and Roll Beach Club was. And they were then going to have a pathway to the marketplace. These plans were leaked on the internet. So it's like, so they were gonna have this pathway and so guests could go straight through from the west side through PI and over to the marketplace. But uh, all of a sudden they, you know, they tore down Rock and Roll Beach Club, they tore down Motion and they started building the pathway and everything just stopped, completely stopped, no development. Um, then eventually we saw the concept art for Hyperion Wharf get removed from the construction walls. Um, and then after that, Disney has now publicly said, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. We're reworking the plans for Pleasure Island. If you search the website, no references to Hyperion Wharf anymore. So it's quite an interesting development there where they've changed their minds yet again on, on what's going, what they're going to do ultimately with the area. Well, I think if they're going to rework the plans for anything, they should start with the damn parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. In my life, I have never experienced such horrible parking. Uh, Yeah. Lot full. No, it's not. But but, but a lot of times it is. And it's like, you, you, I, I have to park in New Jersey to go to the world of Disney. It store. feels like Christmas, you know, when you're following people walking, yes. walking to their cars, yeah, stalking them. Yeah. What row are you in? I Can just I have avoid, your spot. <laughs> I avoid all of that, and I just park by uh, Cirque du Soleil yep. every time, no Same matter here. what. So I always know where my car is. Yeah, but you're not fat and old. But if we spend, if we spend, like a, I do. If we know we're going to walk the whole length of downtown Disney, that's where we park. Yeah. If we need to go pick something up at Marketplace, it's like, uh oh. Yeah. See, I'm very rarely down on West Side. If I'm going to be anywhere on downtown Disney, I'm going to be over in Marketplace. And apparently everyone else has the same idea. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's the area of downtown Disney that's always packed and you can't find a spot. See, I'm never at the marketplace. I'm always at West Side and Pleasure Island. So I don't know why. But, do you, know, you know, you were mentioning that, you know, you uh, spent a lot of time there uh, at Pleasure Island, especially on the college program. And Corey kind of said the same thing when he was in the college program. Do you think that's part of why it went away? It, that it was, too, you know... It was popular among a certain age group, but, you know, older guests and dare I say the ones who are really spending the money in terms of vacation weren't going there anymore. I think they let things stagnate and that's what that's what ultimately caused attendance to go down. You know, they stopped promoting it in 2004 Carpe Diem. That was the last promotion that they did with with the island. Um, The last New Year's Eve that they had, they they weren't even sure until nearly the last minute, much longer than usual, that they were even going to have it. And because uh, I actually came that year, um, there were there had been rumors it was going to close. I was here in December 2007, and I opted to go to Epcot on New Year's Eve instead of PI. I kind of regret that now. <laughs> uh, but um, I think that the thing that cast members serve a purpose in that um, I, I also was, uh, when I got down here in uh, January of 2009, I was uh, I would pick up hours as a door host at Atlantic Dance, trying to 
I guess, recreate those memories. Which you referred to as a uh, wedding perpetual <laughs> wedding. Oh my gosh. Um, and so now I completely lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, Atlantic Dance is a, a, a venue at the boardwalk. Yes. And it's uh, just so sad sitting there next to jelly rolls, which is always more hopping than... Yeah, those. okay. So that's this is what gets me. Um, people will come to Atlantic Dance, and they do this little trick. The door, when you, when you go up to the entrance and you look in, the door is closed. You have to go in, get your ID check, go in, go to the right, and that door is open. And there's a reason for that. They don't want it to see that it's dead inside. <laughs> the idea is to get people in there because having people in there will draw more people. And it's you know I would have people come up. Well, when does it get busy? When does it get busy? When? I'm like, well, if the last 15 people that would have just gone in instead of saying I'll come back when it gets busy, it would look busier and more people would stay instead of coming back later. You, you would have thought by now they would have come up with a way to attract people in this place. Well, you know, what about like you know you talk about the entertainment at Pleasure Island now? Why not do something like that? Why not get some bands with followings or some names? in there to get it jump started again I, I don't know why they haven't done anything it's so sad to see they seem to not want to have it i mean they don't advertise it to the guests they it's, had swing it, night when i was on college program yeah. and it was shoulder to shoulder in there i mean packed yeah right. i remember that i remember swing night and uh it was also from what i've been told from people who worked on the island the atlantic dance was built as an overflow to pleasure island because they were selling out and the whole island would be at capacity and they needed somewhere to send people and so it was supposed to be you know part of that um but they don't really seem interested i mean they won't even do theme nights they won't do like hey let's have it basically an a-tracks night let's have a dance a more dance centric like mannequins type night um they they just keep it at a request format and part of that is because it's really catering to the convention crowd you know they they don't promote it to the guests at all and it's a pain in the butt to get to and from because if you're staying at the polynesian and you want to go to the boardwalk you have to go to a theme park or downtown disney and cop get you another bus yeah to the boardwalk and that's a big problem but what would get me is atlantic dance hey it's the right price it's free right one of the few things that's free at disney so uh People would get in line. There'd be this long line for jelly rolls, and then nobody in Atlantic Dance. I'm like, but this is free, and it's already like 12 o'clock. You're not going to get a seat in there, and you know. But people would go in there anyway. So. They want the popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, how do how do you think that um, House of Blues and specific service industry night has affected downtown Disney? I think you know service industry night. Um, I haven't been for probably a year but what i find really interesting about that is you have all the cast members who would have gone to pleasure island packed into house of blues and i mean packed. it's outrageous it is, mm -hmm. it is insane it is just consistently walk, to walk every that's single one, week that's one area downtown Dis disney every sunday it's consistently busy yeah, and so all that money is now going to the third party instead of into Disney's pocket. Uh, granted, it's only one night a week, but it, that has um, that has that's the only outlet that cast members uh, have now to go and relax and get their frustrations out, you know, and this sort of thing is, is to go to a place like House of Blues because you want somewhere that's close with good transportation. The college program kids all have their buses that go back to their 
their housing. So that you know makes it very convenient. It needs to be convenient. There's other options in the Orlando area, but for for these people, it's just not not feasible a lot of the time. And there's a safety issue involved. You know, the nice thing about Pleasure Island was if you were staying on property and you were a guest, you could get your bus back to the hotel. Right. And you didn't have to worry about people drinking and driving as much. You still had the locals, I'm sure, but you you still had somewhere to go and it was easy transportation back to your hotel. And that really seems to be um I don't know, one of the one of the things that gets me about the whole the whole process. So Well uh, you know it's kind of surprising. You know, it's always kind of surprising when Disney fails. And in this regard they failed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who's to blame? There's been a lot of different people uh, blamed for it. You know, Pleasure Island was Eisner's baby. You know, that was his, they had a, they had a code name. They had, he had his own dock built down by motion. And oh, when really? he, yeah. And when he would come in by boat, the radio call would be the Eagle has landed. And everyone on the Island knew that Michael Eisner was there. And he, he's the one that really wanted that because he saw the, the people going to church street station and he saw money leaving property. We don't want that. We want them to stay here. So they built Pleasure Island. And um, when he left as CEO, there was no one there to protect it anymore, which also happens to be around the same time they stopped promoting it. Hmm. Um, you know, the, the sort of the face of the closing of Pleasure Island was Kevin Lansbury, who was the vice president of Downtown Disney at the time. And, uh, you know, he, he was the face. He did the, the media interviews and that sort of thing. And then um, he moved right on up the ladder after that. He moved over to, uh, he was over, animal, he was actually VP at Animal Kingdom for um, a short period, as well as over transportation. Not necessarily his fault, but he was over transportation when the, the monorail. monorail accident happened. Yeah. Um, and that's a whole nother story. But, you know, that, that's, um, you know, he, he ended up, moving along now he's not even in a in a role that is uh he's in more of a backstage role um but he's now senior vice president so he has definitely been promoted uh which is interesting considering the whole place has been you know it, it has not gone well um there was reports that they they paraded meg crofton through um Let's see. So Beach Club, Rock and Roll Beach Club closed in November. They brought her in to clean the place up. Literally. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> yeah. So so they, they they brought her in like rainy Friday night in September, lowest you know time of the year at that point. Now, um, maybe not as much, but at that point that was and um, she saw well, we need to do something with this and that. From there, it just became a series of decisions to cut things and strangle the strangle the goose until it's dead, and then they could justify closing it to Burbank. That's that's more or less the the overview of what of what happened. So I think it was a, a number of people. You know, someone like even like Al Weiss was not known to like Pleasure Island, and there's been reports out there that um, there the management at the time felt like you always had to justify the Pleasure Island experience at a Disney location because it didn't fit with the Disney brand. And um, opening up the island 
largely contributed to that because you had people drinking with kids in strollers being pushed through by their parents. So that definitely, that mix definitely had something to do with it. Um, but, you know, the, this other stuff that they tried to, to, you know, oh, there were surveys and due to guest demand. It's, I've been told there were no surveys. There were none. That was just a PR cover. Wow. And they, um, you know, gangs and that sort of thing. There's a lot of problems with that for a while. There, Yeah, you know, but there's still... Once the street opened up. Yeah, exactly. And, you know... Um, that was the downfall. When they removed those gates, Yep. when they w- you had to be ID'd before you went in. And that was, mm-hmm. you knew once you were in, everybody in there paid to get in. Yeah, right. So it's not, you know, you're not going to attract gangs. Nobody's going to go in there and pay this cover charge to get in and be ID'd. It's, well, it started getting the same foot traffic on weekend nights or week, week, uh, yeah, weekend nights as uh, City Walk. And there were always problems at City Walk. Mm-hmm. With that, again, you did not have to, it, it wasn't a, a, a closed area. Uh, and anybody could walk through, and mm-hmm. you had to be checked as you went into each club. That, you know, I always liked that about Pleasure Island was that it was gated. Yeah. And, you know, if you weren't, you, you could still go in if you weren't of age, you just got a certain color wristband. And you couldn't buy alcohol. Mm-hmm. You could still go into the clubs and dance, and you could still be around. But, you know, they had good controls and it worked and it was successful and people liked that experience. <clears throat> what about West Side? What are your feelings on West Side? I don't, I don't like West Side. No. I really don't. I think West Side is a, a, a dud. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. I was talking with Bob Gurr about that. As he took a walk through downtown Disney, I wasn't with him when he did the walk, but he told us that he, he found it, he just, it, it frustrated him because the marketplace is so Disney theming. And then he, he actually didn't like the theming at Pleasure Island, even though there was at least a backstory. And then by the time you get to the West Side, like it's just generic shopping mall. You know? It is. And, yeah. and it's, really, it's really sad. You know, the, the only reason I go there is for AMC. It gives you some breathing room, though. Like for us, if we start in, uh, if we start in Marketplace, and walk through Pleasure Island, especially pushing strollers, we get to West Side, it's like, oh, we can breathe a little bit. We yeah. can, ex- yeah. you know, we can stretch out a little aren't. bit. Yeah. And, and the, the West Side was really built in reaction to Universal announcing CityWalk. And if they would have been smart, looking at how things have evolved and how the traffic evolved at Downtown Disney, you know, they, they ungated the island because the foot traffic wasn't making it to the west side because they didn't have a viable transportation option aside from Sasagula boats, which not everyone wants to take a boat, you know, and they only run until a certain time. And they, you know, they could have done a lot of things if they really wanted to keep the island the way it was. They could have done a lot of things. They could have done a trolley system. They could have um, had the, um, what do they call it? You know, you pay a guy to ride a bike and send a bike. And oh, the, the, the rickshaw? The rickshaw, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, they could, could have done something like that. I mean, uh, they, you know, not, not on a mass scale, but there, is, there are some people who would, who would do it. And, um, you know, if they would have been smart, um, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but you could have taken some of the clubs and spread them out a little bit. Now, it would still lead to ungating of the island, but it would have made a better mix that would draw people um, down to the west side without ultimately leaving this now huge dead area in the middle of downtown Disney. You know? So what do you think about the new Splitsville that's opening up? I'm actually looking forward to yes, it. Yes, I'm very much looking well, forward to, to it. Find, tell me what Splitsville is. 
Uh, Splitsville is a bowling alley um, that's coming to downtown Disney. They have a location in Tampa, and I'm not sure what other locations they have, but they are, the, you know, they're bowling alley, and they're trying to really be like upscale bowling. Um, the food is not not just typical bowling food, but it's going to be good food. You can get sushi, saying. for example. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so it's yuppie bowling. I mean, they're going to have 30 lanes. There's, there's going to be live entertainment, billiards. Yuppie Bowling. Where are they putting 30 lanes in that Virgin Megastore building? I, I don't know. I saw the layout. It's pretty cool looking, though. There are even lanes up top on the second oh, level. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think that that's... Um, the other Splitsville locations are adult only after as an 18 and up after a certain time period. And uh, what I've been told is ours will also be the same thing. So they are still trying to make something catered specifically to adults. Um, the big question is how late they'll be open until. Um, but I, I see a huge, huge potential there because, uh, especially when you when you combine with AMC and uh, and even Disney Quest to some to some extent, you know, people that's like three three things you can go to downtown Disney for on the west side. Um, so at least they're trying to get something back that is easy to get to from your hotel that offers a nighttime entertainment option and it's going to be live music and uh, also a DJ. So there, there, there's going to be that element to it that's missing right now. A now, place where you can actually hang out for a bit yeah, exactly. in one spot. Now you bring up Disney Quest. Now, I haven't been in Disney Quest in a while. Uh, and my impression of it right now is like, you know, kind of faded glory. Hanging on to a thread. Hanging on by a thread. Yeah, the last time I was there, there were a few things you know, broken, which <laughs> you could say that about a lot of places, but there were, there were a few things that were, that were broken. And, um, but I, I thought I read it hit like a phased closing the other day, I think because of the rain, you know, because when it rains, then, then they get, you know, swamped with people. So I think that's what it was, but yeah, I mean, it's still, it's still hanging on to me. It's, um, the best part is getting like two floors worth of free video games. You know, that's the, that's the fun part for me, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, I give them credit for trying the idea mm-hmm. of opening these indoor virtual theme parks. But, you know, th- there has been nothing relevant about Disney Quest yeah. in years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not like putting anything new into nothing it. Nothing new gets you put know, into it. No, it's just kind of there and it never changes. You know, so it's one of those things you do every couple of years and it's still the same. But if you enjoy it, okay. But if not, there's other places to spend the money. Do you think that Cirque du Soleil will ever change the Lanuba show? Oh boy, uh, I don't know. I, I've read that. I've read things that there's going to be a change there, but that would be a, a big investment for them, and you know, to 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 do a change and and the, the shutdown that would be required for the training, that sort of thing. So yeah. I don't know. I have not seen Cirque du Soleil yet. Not is, and I think that's why they to. won't change it because yeah. there's, there's a lot of people that haven't Still seen Still haven't it. seen it. Yeah, exactly. I think there's like 11 people that haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and two are at this table. And two of them are at this table. <laughs> uh, now, let's talk about dining a little bit. Uh, favorite places to eat at Downtown Disney. It doesn't matter where. Earl Sandwich. Earl sandwich. That's a, that's out. Oh, I don't know. It's just there's something about that. Those sandwiches are just so good, um, and uh, maybe it's because it, you know until recently there haven't been any other Earl sandwich locations um, or very few. I think there was one in Vegas. I want to say, and now they've been springing up along the Turnpike. I think, and so they are expanding a little bit. But 
I just love the sandwiches. Disneyland pretty soon. Here. Yeah. That's right. They're opening one in Disneyland. That's correct. Disney yeah. Disney. Um, also, uh, last couple times we've been there, we've gone to Wolfgang Puck on the west side, like prior to seeing a movie. Not not the sit down, but the express, express. portion. Yeah, and uh, and that's been uh, that was really quite good and reasonably priced for the quality of food that you're getting when you consider like you know what a Disney quick service costs and what you get for that for the same price you can get a really nice like, oh, pizza yeah. nice uh, sandwiches is fantastic yeah I'll yeah. choose that over sit down any yeah. any day over sit yeah. down Wolfgang especially really I, I haven't done sit down Wolfgang in a long time not good we went we just we weren't impressed the service was horrible the it just we weren't impressed at all. Well, if, he's if, another, if I'm going to sit down, it's going to be at House of Blues or something. He's yeah. an, you know, Wolfgang Puck is another brand that has faded. You know, it wasn't what it was in the 90s. You know, he just went he just went completely commercial. And now you can buy his stuff in like the frozen food section of your supermarket. And it's, you know, that brand is yeah. everywhere. And I don't think, I, don't, I just don't think they maintain the quality of it. I just don't think they maintain the quality of it. What about bongos? I have been in bongos once, um, and it was just to get drinks. Uh, but that, that actually, that's an interesting point. They do, it turns into a nightclub um, on the weekends. So they have that sort of hybrid of a restaurant during the day, sort of making money during the day, and then at night, it turns into a club. And uh, I, I need to check that out because uh, I would like to see, it, it's mainly like Latin music, um, but they do, they do throw in, um, you know, like... Uh, dance music that's popular today uh they'll throw a little bit of that in so it's a little bit of a mix um but i haven't eaten there um the other one that's insanely popular and i'll never understand why is the t-rex restaurant oh please i know um (laughs) i agree but it's the the numbers behind that place are staggering they um they started accepting the disney dining plan this year in the first six months, their revenue went up through $3 million. Wow. It is crazy. They employ 500 people. And any given night, they have 45 servers working. They have full maintenance staff. Employing 500 people crazy. in this economy, it, it, there's something to be thing. said for that. Yeah. There's yeah. something to be said for that, no matter how much I may hate the restaurant. There's always a line there, and I wonder if it's because it's so convenient. It's yeah. right there in the middle. You know, um, Rainforest Cafe is all the way on the other end. You know, I don't know. There's always a line there. Yeah, and they, they, I guess you know the elect- the animatronics in there don't don't really do it for me. I mean, they're about the same as the Country Bear Jamboree, but uh, which I love. Don't get me wrong; it's a classic. But you know, the, they didn't really push the envelope. I mean, they're not even like the you know Wicked Witch of the West style from the uh, great movie ride. That's an A one hundred animatronic that that is at least smooth in its motions right. and you know, they didn't even do that. Um, but I guess kids, you know, kids enjoy it and it's got like six dining rooms. I mean, it's, it's huge. It's a lot bigger than you realize even when you're in there. And so I think, um, the fact that it has so much capacity, you know, I've trashed it and panned it for years and have never stepped foot inside. Maybe I should just go check it out and then I can, you know, trash it and paint yeah. it with some conviction. <laughs> now, what do you know about the, the Rainforest Cafe refurb? I heard that they're going to be opening part of the, the, the restaurant to, to an outside area to give you more access to the bar. Uh, I, you know, I haven't been following that one as closely, um, but I will, uh, I will do some research on that and see if, uh, if I can get Rainforest Cafe has always had that outside seating area. It's like right on the water. 
Am I imagining things? They've always had I've been that. there twice, okay. but never outside. Yeah, yeah there's I seats don't outside. Re- ever recall there being an outside seating area for Rainforest Cafe. I know I there's so. an outside seating area between Captain Jack's and that might be the shops and stuff, and there's like a little bar down there, but hmm. I don't think that was ever part of Rainforest. That's the only thing I... Okay. And I think Captain Jack's has some outside seating, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I believe so. And you want to talk about a vile restaurant. (laughs) You want to talk about something that should be burned and pushed into that lake? That place always had a smell. I've never even gone down there. I have no interest. Yeah, it was Odorancid. It's like old wood and seafood, like, mixed up. (laughs) Well, that pretty much describes the food. No, I I, I tell you, I had a, a couple meals there a few years ago. And it was spaced about six months apart. That were two of the worst meals I've ever had. They were ridiculously priced. The service was horrible. And I've never stepped foot back in there again. And I, I won't even consider it. I won't even consider it. But maybe, you know, it's time. I don't know. It's just in talking with Tommy last night, now again, here on the show, about downtown Disney, it's like, okay, maybe I should go spend some time. Else. Go into Disney Quest. Go back to Bongo's. You know, go try out Wolfgang's. I always, do they still, does Wolfgang's uh, at Westside still do the, you know, more elegant seating upstairs? I'm not sure. Because it I used to be there was the, the downstairs restaurant and then there was a nicer upstairs restaurant. Oh, yeah. I haven't, I've, I've eaten at the downstairs restaurant once. It was uh, several years ago. But I haven't checked to see if they, uh, if they have the upstairs open uh, still. Well, because I, I remember that the uh, Kevin's review of the Wolfgang Puck restaurant, the downstairs was where the teeth-sucking, eye-rolling first was discussed on the show. Well, while we're on the topic of uh, restaurants at Downtown Disney, we can't possibly skip over the worst dining establishment in the history of mankind, which is, of course, Planet Hollywood, which I ha- will stand by my previous statement, should take those pylons down and roll that thing into a dump. When's the last time you've been there? I was there. Actually, I was there uh, while the last Planet Hollywood I ate in was in Disneyland Paris. Okay. Was because and I, I remember I seeing something. I some posted sort of something on the on my Facebook page, something to the effect of, "I want to see if crap maintains its consistency uh, <laughs> in in Europe." And it did. In fact, it did. It maintained its consistency. It was horrible, horrible. Uh, but then again, so was their downtown Disney. You want to talk about the biggest oh. downtown ghetto. Oh, gosh. That's what it was. It was cheap. It was... Oh, it was horrible. Their downtown Disney well, was horrible. Planet Hollywood falls under the same trap that, you know, Pleasure Island did. It was big in the 90s, mm-hmm. late 80s, and just couldn't stay relevant. You know, well, I don't... I think Pleasure Island could have, but... You know what I'm saying? It no, absolutely. I, well, I mean, I, I, but I think it fell into a bigger trap. It had a great location, guaranteed business, and so they just stopped caring. And they don't care about their food. It's one, it's got to be the worst location on property in terms of food. Yet people still go there. Yeah, and you would not believe how many people stop on the bridge and take a picture with the Planet Hollywood. Exactly. In the I, I think it's because it's a big blue ball in the middle of downtown Disney. Yeah. And people just want to go inside it, they want to get a picture of it before it goes away. Yeah, yeah. God willing. 
I, I just, I don't understand it. I, the last, well, we were, um, when I was a senior in high school, we uh, marched in the kingdom. That's sort of what brought me back to Disney or started this whole crazy sequence of events that led me to be down here. And uh, we, our, our whole band ate there and like the chicken was undercooked and the service wasn't good. And, but they've gone back uh in subsequent trips i I don't know how uh how it's i figure it must be doing at least they had a better experience the next time but the last time i was in there was in um like late 2009 and i just they have a dj in there that plays music um the the same same ones that'll play at atlantic dance or we'll do celebrate tonight when it was there uh when it was on pleasure island and uh you know they, they play like the top 40s but it's just so outdated the decor it's very outdated and oh it is yeah it's just not well you well, know it stopped i mean in, in in terms as as dustin said in terms of a theme it's relevance yeah peaked yeah a, a decade maybe. ago yeah and and you're right every time um i'm walking by it the only people i see waiting outside are large groups like brazilian tour groups yeah. bands high schools cheerleaders that kind of stuff because that's the place that can take that many people at yeah. one time yeah that's very true yeah yeah, I just, I, you know, there's really nothing. There's, there's very in terms of sit down, full service, restaurants. You know, I, I mean, House of Blues is consistently good. When I've been there to eat, it's actually been quite good. But that's about it. Yeah. I was just saying that in the break. Um, well, I'm not going to say that because there's no break. Yeah, I was just thinking. Uh, um, yeah, we took a break. It's okay. Okay, <laughs> I was just thinking that. If I go to downtown Disney, there's not a single, and maybe House of Blues, but there's no real full-service restaurant that I'm ever drawn to. I usually get quick service of some sort. Yeah, yeah we don't go there to eat. We're walking around, then we get hungry, and we have to find something. <laughs> the, yeah, the, yeah. We went to Paradiso uh, recently, and that I was yeah, not bad. I was going to say that. Yeah, the Paradiso, I've eaten there mm, a couple times, and it's okay. And of course, they have the... The coldest beer, right? They yeah, have that whole that whole beer setup thing, and they they have music um, also like live entertainment um, at night. But initially, they were open quite late, and then that that got kind of reduced. Uh, I believe they they close earlier now than they did before. But Par- yeah, Paradiso is okay. Raglan Road has a few things in the menu I yeah. enjoy. I don't think it's for everybody. I don't like Irish food. Yeah, never did. It's not for everybody. I had the, everyone raves about their fish and chips, and according to the survey people, it's like the highest rated thing down there. And I didn't think it was anything special. I mean, it was fish and chips to me. It was no different than getting you know from the UK at Epcot. Walter got sick on their fish and chips. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. He but he has bad luck with fish and chips for some reason. He just <laughs> has bad luck. It's always busy. The express. Um, yeah. Express area. Well, and that, you know, and that the whole Raglan Road um, idea, you know, that was a Pleasure Island Jazz Company and they had live music in there. And that that was that closed shortly after I was um, at the beginning of my college program. And, you know, that was one of the things, too, when they when they ungated it, they wanted to bring in third party restaurants. And, uh, you know, that basically secured the faith that they could not gate the island again if they had these third parties in there. And, uh, you know, they were they, apparently they saw the appeal of the third party raglan road is quite popular and so they they saw that and thought they could get more money having tenants instead of uh having to run everything themselves you know and that that's was part of it too but you know we we've seen uh, they've done, they've it, it's so weird because just just when you think they're going to 
they're going to do something or so, you know, chatter will pick up and then, you know, they, they'll send out permits about, uh, you know, changing the Island or the destruction of BET and, uh, the adventures club, which still stand as of right now, along with mannequins and eight tracks. And yeah, I actually saw, um, I snapped the picture. <laughs> I actually saw, uh, managers going into the upper level of mannequins, um, sometime last year. So we thought, you know, maybe things are picking up a little bit because anytime I see any suits walking around, I'm, you know, I'm, I try to get close and, and see what they're saying and l- take a look at what they might have, you know, without being too obvious. They but, turn uh, our dance floor on. We yeah. know what they're doing. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but they, they, they've sold off, um, you know, all the equipment in the clubs, uh, a lot of it was sold off. The speaker system was sold off at, at property control, which is where, uh, they, they send things that, you know, from the parks that cast members can buy. Um, the, uh, there were two mannequins that came down out of the ceiling. Uh, one of them, uh, I co-own one of the mannequins that came out of the ceiling. Oh, really? Do you have a leg and an arm? Or what do you do? Don't <laughs> no. split it right down the middle? <laughs> I gave it to my friend. He can store it in his garage. But we, we'd like to get her to light up again. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. I had it in my apartment um, shortly after getting her, and uh, I put it in the, in the spare bathroom. And the, the poor... Uh, Oh God, I can't think of what the, you know, one, the exterminator came right to uh, take care of things. Oh no! Oh my God, he ended up. I wasn't there. He must have had a heart attack because I know he went in the bathroom. I had the door closed, but he went in to spray, and I'm sure he had a heart attack. Oh, I'm this sure. Huge mannequin in the, in the dark. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I felt bad for him for that. I, I just, I wonder, I wonder when and what they're going to end up doing with that space, with that pleasure island space. I just, I. It, I think it's so sad that it, it it's turned into what it's turned into. I mean, because it really is a bit of a ghost town now. Yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, the, the chatter out there, I think it's a little bit blue sky phase, which is kind of the planning, but not not for sure going to happen, is, is an idea to um, have an exit right off I-4 into downtown Disney, have a parking structure, and, and the whole place would just be, it, it would be more one downtown Disney instead of the separation of the three areas. I think that would be probably better. Yeah, yeah. You know, of course, right now, the the, uh, the problem is who's going to pay for that ramp? Is it going to be the government or, or is it going to be Disney? And Disney doesn't want to pay for it, and the government says, well, we don't have the money, so... That's the last that's really been said about it. If they did that, they'd have to put those moving walkways in, like they have over at Universal. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of Universal, um, how do you think City Walk compares right now in terms of uh, nighttime entertainment? I mean, because that's really the only place to go. It really is. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the tourist corridor, anyway. Yeah, exactly. No, City Walk has been like booming. I mean, their their business is through the roof uh, since Pleasure Island closed. Yeah, yeah. They're they're. I mean, Disney like gave them all this business, and uh, for the longest time, my my signature on the board said uh, encouraging all those who want to party to uh, go to Universal City Walk and and you know speak with your dollars, and uh, because. Disney doesn't seem interested in having you dance and drink on property. Because there really is nothing to do after 10 o'clock most nights on Disney property. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And um, it, it's just, um, they're doing, uh, well, they're doing an expansion at, at City Walk uh, with the outdoors, sort of outdoor um, seating that will overlook the lake. 
um, in in that general area where the clubs are. The the problem that I see with CityWalk is that a lot of their clubs are the same format uh, or very similar in format. You know, they don't have a dedicated 70s and 80s, dedicated uh, electronic dance, dedicated hip hop. So you, you go in like Latin Quarter, um, I, I should say like the Groove and um, what's the other one besides Latin Quarter? I'm completely well, blanking. At nighttime? Yeah. Uh, there's the Red Coconut. Red Coconut, yeah. And there's also it's Bob a great Mar- space. Then there's also Bob Marley's. Yeah. So, you know, Red Coconut and um, and the Groove tend to play a lot of the same the same stuff. You have Pato's, which is your piano bar. So which you, is sad, really sad compared to uh, Jelly Rolls. Oh, completely. <laughs> it really is. And, you know, and, and still, you talk about Disney can do it better. When they put their mind to it, Cars Land's a perfect example. Exactly, when they choose to. When they choose to put their mind to it, they can make something amazing. And, you know, the clubs at Downtown Disney were, were well-themed. They had, a, you know, they had the backstory and, um, and were amazing from an electronics perspective. You know, Mannequins was... You know, to have a, a rotating dance floor and the CO2 cannons and, and a multi-million dollar light show is so amazing. And then you, you go in the groove and it's just, you know, the lights are like the cheap mirror lights. They're not, they're not the, the high-end stuff. The sound system's nowhere near what the clubs at, at PI had. And, um, but it, it gets busy. And for a while they did... Um, on Thursday nights at The Groove, they had an 80s night and actually brought in the same DJ who DJed at A-Tracks. And, but they kept it mainly 80s um, because they, they didn't, you know, it seems like they didn't want to blatantly copy Disney. So they, they did the 80s thing and then they would do a little bit of 70s, but it was fairly popular. But then for, for whatever reason, they um, ended up getting rid of it, unfortunately. Cause, and it was on Thursday nights. It's free for hospitality. Um, so that was always nice. And you've got the, um, the karaoke plays, um, Rising Star. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's always really popular. Uh, the, the concept of having a live band behind you and backup singers doing karaoke instead of just singing with you've, a jukebox. You've got some uh, competition over there. I know there's a guy that uh, goes over there and dances Michael Jackson. Oh, really? Every, like almost every night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you definitely have... Um, options to pick and choose what you want at city walk yeah i mean even if you want a smoky bar there's that cigar bar where you can go in have like you know a drink and smoke cigarettes or i, I don't know if they allow you to smoke cigarettes i know cigars maybe i don't know um but you have an option to choose different things there and they've also got the benefit of the the location being similar to downtown disney in anaheim because you've got the two parks that empty right through that main right. area and they've got there there is like the club area but it's still not it doesn't feel segregated it's all kind of mixed together mm-hmm. so you know they they do things there and it makes it easy for people to say oh you know hey let's stay and they, they've got promotions going on yeah. they they bring in djs um they do outdoor dj things uh for well, major holiday weekends i also you know. know you get a lot of locals going over to city yeah Life. i don't know that you get a lot of people going from disney world up to city walk no, a so. because you have to drive yeah and right. you know for most people that's a big thing that's a big thing yeah. uh unless especially if you're go. going someplace to drink yeah unless they go to the wizarding world of harry potter which has drawn so many people and then they like oh well hey there's this do you want right. to, you know so if they've done a little bit of research and maybe if they do have that the fact that that their attendance has gone up in the parks has led to more more people it probably has. that's kind of what i was getting at earlier is that 
like downtown Disney and Disneyland, you do have the two parks. You're getting some foot traffic there. Downtown Disney here in Orlando is you you have to plan to go there. You have to take a bus. You have to drive. You have to take a cab, whatever it is. If I'm going to Universal for the day, if I'm going to the park, I'm probably going to get a drink or something at, at Jimmy Buffett. So, you know... Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to walk through that area, and I'm not going to I'm not going to go to uh, to House of Blues before I go to the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, and and you know they right exactly. Now the the downside is you have to pay to park um, unless you have an annual pass. There's that also involved. Although for Florida residents, it's a reduced price after 10 p.m. for the parking. I thought it was free after a certain time. Maybe it is now because I know they yeah. recently changed it. So after a certain time, Florida residents, okay, it's free. Um, but uh, there's the, the parking involved, and that plays into the downtown Disney issue in that um, to prevent people from parking there for free and then going to the parks, there, there's no way, easy way to get to downtown Disney from the parks. And the additional problem with that is there is no signage, none. It, you have to go up to a cast member if you're walking out of a park and ask, how do I get to downtown Disney? And, uh, you know, the... the uh, you, that always creates an issue. I answered the question 50 million times. I'm sure those, those poor cast members. But um, there's no easy signage. So people don't know how to get there. And, and some people would will, will walk out at you know, 10, 11 o'clock from the Magic Kingdom and want to go to downtown Disney. And it's like, why? It's all going to be closed <laughs> yeah, by the time you get there. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're going to take a cab. You know? And even still, you got to get across the lake from the Magic Kingdom anyway. So that always creates... Uh, an issue, too, with where that the city walk doesn't have that problem. Right now, one of the best times of the year at Downtown Disney is Festival of the Masters. Do you ever go during that? I haven't gone during that. I have a tendency to stay away from excessive crowds beyond what <laughs> you know. There's the since I've been down here, the ability to handle crowds has just really decreased. I'm, I, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy that time of the year, especially um, at Downtown Disney. It takes place in November. Now. I have to go lot, this year. You said it's you nice. go a lot to the theater. Uh, yeah, AMC? yeah, AMC. Yeah, yeah. The, and I did the dine-in shortly after. In my hometown, they have an old movie theater, and they they serve uh, food and uh, alcohol, and it's it's really cheap. So of course, this isn't cheap because it's Disney. But um, you know, I really enjoy the the dine-in thing if we if we decide that's the experience that we want. Um, so that I think that was a great addition to the theater. I think the theater draws a lot of people. You know. I, I have to be honest. I have been going to uh, AMC at Downtown Disney since ever since I moved down here, and even before when I was on the college program. But I've started going to Port Point Orlando now. So have we. Uh, they yeah. have they have a couple really nice IMAX screens, yeah. and you can drink there. And it's it's really close to SeaWorld. That's about where it's located in Orlando. Yeah, it's on I drive. Yeah, and. Um, I don't know. I just kind of like it better down there. It, it's nowadays. more it's more locals, less tourists, mm-hmm. and uh, just less people in general. We've we've also been unless doing that. there's a convention yes. at the Orange County oh, yeah. Convention yes. Center, yeah. in which case it's full of drunk middle aged businessmen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's very true. And I was but, one of them at, for for a number of years. Yeah, I mean that that's very true, but. Um, it just depends on the time of year and what we, you know, if it's September, yeah, we'll go to downtown Disney. Um, I still prefer to go there because then it, it's a nice excuse to go walk the island and see what's new or what, you know, what they're yeah. doing. What's the recent, uh, they removed the last um, light pole that was from the Pleasure Island Jazz Company. They, they removed that. That's the last of the theming from the original, 
you know, from the, from the original idea. So we treat mm-hmm. downtown Disney a lot. Like we do like walking around the world showcase. It's usually a last minute decision. Yeah. You know, what do you want to do? It's beautiful outside. Let's go walk around downtown Disney. Yeah. Never really go for a single purpose, but just to go to downtown Disney and, you know, maybe hop in a few shops, go to D street. Julie likes trendy. Um, I'll pick up a beer at a uh, Raglan road or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just, so it's just, we similar how we walk around the world showcase, pop in a few shops, get a drink, stroll along. You know, that's kind of how we do downtown Disney from a locals. Perspective. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Cause you go in like world of Disney is, is so, I mean, that's, that's a big draw for a lot of people. And I, I my, when my parents come, they, they, you know, want to shop in the park shop. I'm like, listen, just go to World of Disney. All the same stuff is there. You can get in the parks and uh, just one shopping day and that's it. You know, that's, but I was, I was, it never seems to work that way. I was going to ask you something similar. For, for somebody that's coming down, not as a local, but, you know, for the vacation, how mm-hmm. much time now, the downtown Disney that we have now, what would you recommend an appropriate amount of time for somebody on vacation, especially if they have a limited amount of time? Uh, you know, at least... It depends on what you want to accomplish. You know, uh, you can get through things in in a couple hours. I mean, it could really be a half day, or you could have it be a full day and combine it with, you know, pool time. Or I, I know a lot of people like to go um, at the end of their uh, stay before if they have like a late flight, they'll go to Downtown Disney and get stuff there. The problem with that is then you know well, what if they don't have your size and that sort of thing. Right. See, see what we used to do when we would come down is we would we would drive and we'd get here around you know three or four in the afternoon, but we didn't have tickets. Uh, yeah. for that day. So we would spend our first night in downtown Disney. Yeah, I did that yeah. a lot. Yeah. From somebody that doesn't do suites, I always notice Ghirardelli is always packed. There's yeah. always people. No matter what. For no a good ma- reason. Yeah. I mean, it's good stuff. It's good stuff in there. But I didn't think we'd be able to fill this much time <laughs> on downtown Disney. I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. There really is. I mean, especially if you start getting into shopping, but we won't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we won't even touch that. Yeah, we'll we'll do that. We'll save that for another segment. But I really appreciate you coming. Yeah, sure. I'm glad to be Tommy here. Tommy, a lot of fun. And, and talking with us. We'll be hearing from Tommy on this and other topics in the weeks and months to come. We're very glad to have you aboard. And that will do it for this segment. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next time with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Thanks for listening, everyone, and remember, stay out of the damn lakes.